0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 347. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin McStraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. This week on the show, we'll be talking about Alma Harel's Honey Boy. We'll also be talking about someone watching on the watch list, going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to please consider reviewing us on iTunes if you get a chance. That would be incredible. Housekeeping... There will be a, a a new episode of Ryan Watches a Movie this week. Very excited for that. He wanted a comedy, so we gave him a, a relatively new comedy. And we are going to be recording December's episode of, say, by the 90s today, later on today. So stay tuned for that. I don't have a release date for that just yet, but it is a, the holiday episode. So I imagine it's going to probably come out around the 23rd. I might push it to be to come out a little bit earlier, but we'll we'll have to figure that out. We're doing a made for TV Christmas part two, and I'm very excited about that. And that's that's pretty much it. I think it's uh, I think we can jump into the the review
1: here. Review time.
0: Yeah. Honey boy, I have a synopsis here. A young actor's stormy childhood and early adult years as he struggles to reconcile with his father and deal with his mental health. That's uh that's not a sentence, but we'll we'll go <laughs> with it. <laughs> <laughs> this stars Shia LaBeouf, Lucas Hedges, Noah Jupe. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. What do you think, of Honey Boy?
1: A uh, Honey Boy is is pretty good, pretty good. I found it interesting in that you know this is you're going off of a, a screenplay here written by Shia. And the stuff that he, that he decides to keep in and the stuff that he decides to keep out, I felt that that was kind of interesting in the way that that all plays out. And this makes him look very, very sympathetic, which, it, what, I mean, he is, but... Do you
0: mean the, Shia LaBeouf or his dad in this, or both?
1: Both. Well, both. I mean, his, I think his, the way he shows his dad is pretty good. I think that that is a a complicated portrayal mm-hmm. that he has, but him his you know, the 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 12-year-old version of him and the 22-year-old version of him, the Otis, I think really shows him as a a very very sympathetic character, but like the the main scene or not really a main scene, but the thing that kind of kicks off everything is him the the accident that he gets into, which for whatever reason gets him this posh Sentence of therapy, just absolutely ridiculous. But in the real life version of that, that's when he has his like big time racial outburst where he's just an absolute racist. But mm-hmm. like none of that is in there, not even fucking close to showing that. It's just like, oh, he's gotten an accident now, he's in this posh setting where he gets to have, you know, this bizarre form H- therapy the, the, that he gets the, the, for the pool, like the pool hug like, sessions fuck, man. <laughs> and it's crazy to me because they're like oh if you don't do this you have to serve your four year sentence you're like you're getting this in lieu of a four year sentence are you fucking kidding me and then you know on top of that the thing that I found very interesting stemming out of that is essentially all the characters around either the 12 year old or the 22 year old Otis that treat him with kindness are all people of color, which I felt was kind of interesting. Just, it felt weird to me. Like, oh, you're not even going to address that, and then you're going to do this on top of it. Kind of weird. So there's the little part of me that's like, you know what, Jaya? You, you didn't you didn't go all the way. You weren't 100% vulnerable here. You didn't lay yourself out there.
0: I guess he's trying to compensate. I mean, I, I think that... For the most part, he did kind of lay himself out there in a lot of ways. Not, ev- not everything, certainly. But, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, I, I think it's an interesting character study to... I mean, he plays his own dad in this, which I think is... Yes. That, that's just... I think that in and of itself is, is kind of a fascinating experiment.
1: And I do enjoy that stuff. I do enjoy everything that he does in portraying his dad. And he does a phenomenal job. I mean, it's a great performance. Yeah, I agree. And I know it's kind of weird to like to kind of latch on to the other thing because this is majority-wise, it's about his dad. But there is that element to it of how his dad influences him and then not be 100% truthful in the way that, you know, you've acted as a person. Just they put me off a little bit.
0: I, I mean, I, I just don't know if he felt it necessary to put in all of the scandals and things that happened to him later on in life. I mean, there there you know, he was in the news for a lot of stuff later on before the before the the rehab and all of yeah, that. Yeah,
1: but this but this this rehab and this racist outburst is what kicks off that because that's what he, when he had that racist rant or whatever that's when he went to the the therapy that he's in, in the movie. And that's when he starts writing this movie that we're watching. So it seems like, you know, that was kind of a big thing to just kind of leave out of everything that happened at that time, which essentially this movie is born out of. It just feels weird to me that you're not going to include any of that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I wasn't even really thinking about that when I was watching this. Honestly, I, Kind of forgot
1: that that uh, actually happened. Well, I think that's what he's hoping. That <laughs> people just <People> forget. <laughs> then he can, you know, he can fill out all the ancillary characters with people of color and they're really nice to him and you'll just be like, oh, wow, yeah.
0: Well, I think that he probably wasn't in the right headspace when that happened. I think he was probably fucked up. Not that it, that's an excuse or anything, of course.
1: No, but it's also weird too because reading about that, like when he came out of it and he was doing press for like Borg and McEnroe, and, and so what he did before that press tour is he sat down with the therapist that's portrayed in this movie and did like they practice press so he could get his answers right addressing these things. So there's a part of me that still believes this, this guy with his performance art that he does that I'm not a hundred percent sure if honey boy is a hundred percent sincere.
0: Well, that's, that's actually a really good point because I mean, that's, that's something that's even discussed in this movie when he's in the therapy, when he's in the therapy and they're like, we, I don't know if you're acting right now. Like is, are you always acting? Are you ever truly yourself? Are you ever truly being yourself? And I think that that's something that he has to, grapple with in real life, like on a daily basis. I, I think that sometimes he doesn't know, even he doesn't know if he's at ever being himself because, you know, he grew up as a child actor. He's been acting probably as long as he can remember at this point. And because he grew up in this, in this system of, of acting, he doesn't, he just doesn't know, like is everything a performance And, you know, he's the type of actor who really, I don't know if he's necessarily method, but he really, you know, he dives into his roles and stuff. And I think that I think he has a hard time truly, truly knowing himself. There's a really interesting conversation that that came out recently between him and Kristen Stewart and how he talks about, like, the only time he truly feels like happy is when he's performing when he's when he's on a on a set when he's acting like he can't even imagine like it's it's so much ingrained in who he is and part of him that he can't imagine life without being in front of a camera and i think that that's something that he tries to explore in this movie like the the sequence of events that led to to that and and his substance abuse problems and various other mental ailments that stemmed from his time growing up with his, with his dad. And I think it's also really interesting that like, he doesn't necessarily, like you said, he portrays his dad as, as a sympathetic character. Like he's not a good dad. He's pretty awful at being a dad and he's got a lot of problems, but I think that he does it in, a. I, I think it all comes from a, a a place from the heart, you know, like he's trying to yeah. do portray it from a, a place of love. Like he clearly cares for and loves his dad, even though his dad put him through a lot of really awful things, many of which are shown in this movie.
1: Yeah, no. And he does capture that really well. Like this isn't just, you know, just that he's a shitty father and there's no complexity to it whatsoever he's just a shitty dad like it's not that this is a very complex portrayal because there's tenderness there there is him obviously being a shitty father like you said he does some, some fucking heinous stuff but there's there's small moments too where they really seem to get along and they have a great relationship and then it you know within an instant there's always that possibility of it flipping I'm just doing a complete 180 and it, you know, being a nightmare.
0: A, a large portion of it takes place. It jumps back and forth between when he's 12, and when he's 22. So when he's 12, it's really when he's starting to, to break into the industry. Like it starts off with him. He's doing like a, a small show or something. And, or maybe it was like a movie or something. He was, he was doing small things at the beginning, but he was making a living as an actor when this, when this movie starts and then it, it, so it jumps between that, that time when he's starting to blow up as an actor and when he's 22 and that's when, you know, he, he's pretty much at the height of his career. It's when he's doing like the, the movie opens with a big action movie that we can probably assume is transformers. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's, that's when like his career just is, exploding and he's doing like the like war movies and stuff and then his uh implosion i guess you could say but uh i was kind of hoping that it would go through his disney channel era when he was doing all the all the disney channel the even stevens stuff yeah they didn't they didn't quite go that far into his career as a as a child actor i don't know why i just wanted to see even stevens being they did. The, they did show that one like movie that he was in. I don't know which movie or or any that that represented, but <laughs> looked ridiculous.
1: It sure did.
0: Uh, I thought performances across the board were pretty fantastic. We we already mentioned that Shia LaBeouf uh, portraying his his father in this uh, in, in the movie the character's name is James James Lort really incredible really incredible performance uh Noah Jupe the 12 year old version of Otis is he, he does a really amazing job mm-hmm. especially given the the content like the the stuff that he has to do as a as a 12 year old I mean he's like smoking cigarettes just nonstop <laughs> he's drinking he's you know Almost hooking, almost hooking up with women that are, like, way many years older than him. And it's weird to me
1: that in his smoking, his smoking portrayal is, was like, his smoking form it was, was real. much better than a lot of actors I've seen in my life.
0: Yeah, it's funny, because I actually noticed that, and I'm like, it looks like he's actually inhaling he, that cigarette.
1: Yeah, and it looks like he knows, like, he smoked before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that they just coached him in 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 that, in that and they just t- taught him no, how he, to do that.
1: He's, he's a pack of yeah. I was gonna say he's a pack
0: of days smoker. He's twelve. Uh, Lucas Hedges, I thought was uh, did, a, did a really fantastic job too. Now, I know you you haven't been the biggest fan of Lucas Hedges in his previous roles. How did you feel he did in this
1: movie? I thought he was pretty good here, and I don't know if. I mean, I would have to check, double check, but I thought like the voice, like when he first. Oh yeah. That was one of the like first things he, I noticed. He sounds, he sounds a lot like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. He is, that, was one
0: of, yeah that was one of the first <laughs> things I noticed because it, it happens. I mean, he, like I said, he's in the opening scene and I was just like, whoa, like he changed his voice to sound like Shia LaBeouf. It was, it was almost jarring, but it was, he did such a good job of nailing the, the mannerisms and the cadence of, of Shia Mm -hmm. LaBeouf is, is kind of crazy. You have F K twigs in there. She was fine. She didn't really have, she actually didn't have that many.
1: I don't really understand the point of her character.
0: Yeah. She didn't really even have any, many speaking lines. In there, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think that maybe she was just included because someone was a fan of hers and wanted to work with her. It seems like that's that's why she was in there.
1: Yeah, it was, I didn't. It was an, it, to me, it was an odd inclusion. Every, like all the all the moments with those two between you know Noah Troop and, and her, it's just like I don't. I'm not really sure what we're doing here. Seems like we're just we're on a detour right now.
0: Yeah, it was uh, all part of the coming of age stuff. Clifton Collins Jr. is in there as Tom. He was great. He wasn't in a whole lot, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: he was solid. I'm a big fan of Alma Harrell's stuff. I was a huge fan of Bombay Beach. I really liked uh, Love True a lot. I think this m- might be her, other than the music videos that she's done, this might be her like narrative feature debut
1: mm mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And
0: I, I thought she did a really good job. I mean, I I, I just really love her style. I think that...
1: Now, the only thing that I'll say, and I don't know how you feel, but because she has like a very, very distinct style. I mean, she's a very visual director. And I don't know, like, Honey Boy, I, I felt a little bit let down. Yeah.
0: Um. I, I was going to say that, that this is certainly, I think, what you might say that is the safest of her movies where yeah. there's not a lot of experimentation involved. It's pretty, it's pretty straight up. That isn't to say it doesn't look good uh, because I think it does look very good, but comparing it to something like love true or Bombay beach, uh, it's just not quite on the same level yeah. of uh, like visual experimentation. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that I think just my opinion that that she does is she very accurately represents emotion like visually. She, she does a really good job of representing emotion in a visual sense and I didn't see a lot of that here. I think that, you know, the actors, the performers are the ones who pretty much handle a lot of the emotional heft of the movie. Yeah. But again, that isn't to say that I didn't think it it looked good from a visual perspective. I think that it looked quite good. I liked, I liked the look of like the, the motel that they lived in, which is also crazy to think about the fact that this kid is blowing up, becoming like becoming famous. He's just straight up becoming famous and he's living in a shitty little motel.
1: Yeah. You see the guy that was in charge of the money though.
0: I don't know though. Like, because there, there are times where he talks about like, paying his dad. So I'm not sure that his dad, uh, Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't, there might've been some sort of intermediary or something in there where his dad didn't have access to all the money. I, I think someone might've been smart enough to be like, hmm, we're not going to have you be responsible. Cause he, cause he said that the only reason that at, at one point he says that the only reason that his dad keeps him around is because he pays him. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened there. But I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there was some sort of like financial manager or something involved. I would hope so. Overall, I think it's a really solid, solid film. I I don't know. I guess I I guess I wanted a little bit, just a little bit more. Maybe maybe something that spanned a little bit more time. And I don't want to say a, necessarily a deeper dive because I think it was a pretty deep dive into into the relationship between these two. But maybe something that just uh, Covered a little bit more ground, but as is, I think uh,
1: I think it's a pretty solid picture. I would agree with you. I would agree, but there's still that part of me that I'm just uh, I'm, uh, I'm just a little trepidation here. <laughs> you wanted the racist like, yeah, stuff in there. <laughs> well, I'm just like, what, like you said, where he points, you know, he he admits to it and he discusses it, and it's like, you know, and knowing that before he goes, he went on a press tour, he did just hours of practice with his quote unquote therapist, you know, to get his answers. Right. And it's just like, how much of this is like a tailored, like rebranding as opposed to like a full a hundred percent just being open and honest and
0: yeah, that type I, of thing. And I thought about this while watching it because, you know, they changed the names of the, the people and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I don't know obviously it's modeled after his life, but I don't know if we're supposed to go in thinking like this is, this is a true story or this is just inspired by, you know, his life. And it's not necessarily a one-to-one reflection of his, his life. Like, so, so, so I had a hard time really grappling with, am I supposed to go into this thinking about this as a, Biography, or or am I supposed to go into this thinking that it's just a a fictional story and and base my conclusions on on the idea that it is a fictional fictional story? Because I think I think if you go into it with the expectation that it is that this is based on Shia LaBeouf's life, this is a true story of his life growing up. I think that's when you can start to pick it apart and question a lot of what happens in it. Like, you know, did, did he accurately represent his dad? Did he make his dad out to be better than he actually is, you know, because he knows his dad's going to see this and, and he wants him to see this reflection in a certain light. Does he, did he, was he soft on him himself? Did he make himself out to be the victim more than he really was, you know, stuff like that. So I, I think it's with a movie like this, it's 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 hard to decide how you want to view it.
1: Yeah, I hear you.
0: I tried not to really think about the real world stuff that that you know we know we know about from the headlines and stuff going into it, but I, at times I I did think about that and it was like, is 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 he as much of a victim as well, and what's that's where portrayed gets, here?
1: That's where it gets a little tricky because. You feel it. You can definitely feel that this is an attempt to be like, hey, this is why, you know, I've done a lot of terrible things, you know, to get people to be like, oh, I, yeah, because he's a victim and he's PTSD. I got it, you know, trying to paint himself as a sympathetic sympathetic person, which he is, but at the same time, like, it doesn't excuse everything, especially if you're not going to address it.
0: Right. But then again, I don't know if he's looking for sympathy or an ex- an excuse for the things that he's done I, I don't know if he's looking for redemption necessarily i mean i think if anything he's he made this for himself you know this this was part of his therapy so i don't know it's a it's a complex it's a complex film when you when you blend in the the real world implications and the things that this stems from i think it Becomes a lot more complex than your standard coming of age story.
1: Just a a little, uh, add another layer in there. Get another layer. Either way, I think
0: I think that you and I have been pretty positive with Shia LaBeouf's stuff. I mean, a lot of people don't like him (laughs) and don't like don't like him as an actor. Maybe don't like him as a person. I don't know, but I've always thought that he was talented and. I hope that I kind of thought this before watching the movie, but certainly after I want to see him continue to be healthy and make great art. And
1: it, yeah, it is tough because like I I do like him, but at the same time I don't like him because you know a lot of the you know his performance wise, his art and stuff. Yes, I can get behind most of that, but then like the just him as a person. And the stuff that he does, it's like, man, you make it really hard.
0: Well, and I think that I think he's been getting better with that. Like, I've I've seen some interviews with him and stuff, and it's just, it seems like he's. Um, it, it actually seems like that rehab worked for him, and he, he seems to be more centered than he used to be. But I, time will tell, I guess. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Honey Boy? Uh no. I would recommend checking this out, certainly. It's it's worth a look.
1: Uh what are you gonna give it out of ten? I was just thinking because I have not thought of that yet. So I'm thinking like a six and a half, seven. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna seven and a half
0: on this one. All right. And that is playing in theaters right now. I think it just it expanded recently, so check your listings. It's still select theaters but it is it did get a wider release i think maybe like a week or two ago so yeah see if see, check see if it's playing in your area i'm really excited for for alma Harel and see to see if she's going to continue to make narrative features i mean no, like no matter what i think that the projects that she gets involved with are, are really unique so i'm really excited to see what she's going to come up with next yeah, same. All right, let's move on and talk about some of we've been watching. Kevin, I think we'll start it with you this week. What do you got?
1: <laughs> a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, not really a whole lot. I've I've started a number of movies.
0: <laughs> one of those. One of those deals, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, got a, got a, got a, a number of danglers out there. But uh, one that I forgot to talk about last time is uh, the Last Man on Earth from 1964. Uh, starring vincent price Mm. so what this is okay this is an adaptation of i am legend Mm -hmm. okay yeah so this is far better than the will smith i am legend this one is far truer to the ending of that of that novel or novella or whatever it is than the will smith version now, obviously, this one, 1964, is a lot less action in this. It's, uh, it's somewhat slow-moving, and it really just focuses on Vincent Price's, like what he does throughout the day in order to survive. You know, him waking up in the morning and him venturing out and doing what he needs to do, hunting down the vampires, killing them, getting his supplies, taking bodies to the pit to burn them. And then him coming home and then just waiting out. Like, every time night comes out, you know, the vampires come out, try and get him. And they just, it's like, every night's the same for him, which is he goes into his house, which is boarded up. And he just, the whole night is a bunch of vampires yelling his name and hitting his windows and his walls. And I can't imagine, like, how long you could last with that. And he lasts for a long time years but like that would just drive me fucking nuts that's every night but the ending of this is what makes it much better than i am legend they don't do the stupid bullshit thing like they did in the will smith movie stays truer to it where he is actually the bad guy so i would if you if you like i am legend if you like that story that mandela then i would definitely suggest checking out the last man on earth
0: all right i saw marriage story this is the big Netflix release this week, directed by Noah Baumbach. I liked this. Uh, yeah, I'd, I went into this not expecting much. I didn't think it was going to be for me. I thought it was going to be r- way too heavy for what I was, in, you know, my current mindset, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something lighter. And I, I just anticipated this being just really depressing and horrible. <laughs> like I don't I don't want to see a marriage being dissolved and it, it yes it it does go to some some really dark places really kind of sad places but it's a little different than what I expected going into it and I ended up really enjoying it I think that it does have some problems I think that One of the problems that we see with Netflix movies is that they give their creators carte blanche to just make whatever they want. And I think that sometimes directors need limitations. And this movie is, it's 136 minutes, so it's pretty long. And I think that it could have been trimmed down a bit. I think that there are several scenes in it that just could have been eliminated altogether. The performances are incredible. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver are fantastic in it, but there's a lot of supporting characters that are absolutely incredible. Laura Dern is in this. She plays plays Scarlett Johansson's divorce attorney, and she's fantastic. Alan Alda is in this and destroys. He plays Adam Driver's attorney, his first attorney, and he is so good in this. He's so funny. I loved Alan Alda in this. Uh, Ray Liotta also is—he plays uh, Adam Driver's second attorney, and Ray Liotta just—he he also kills in this.
1: How many lawyers are in this movie?
0: A bunch. Basically, what happens is he hires Alan Alda, and Alan Alda is like too nice; like he's not ruthless enough, and he ends up having to get a second lawyer that that is more ruthless in the, the divorce proceedings it, it's a pretty tough watch at times i mean there's there's like that one there's like one big scene that everybody's sort of talking about online right now This this big argument that happens and and you know that was a really powerful heartbreaking scene but there's another scene that happens during this like home visit that i think is to me it was the highlight of the movie and I can't remember her name, but she's in, she's in the show baskets and she she's just so funny and so good. I just want to see her in everything. I, let me, uh, Martha Kelly. That's who Martha I'm thinking. Kelly. Yeah. Martha, <clears throat> Martha Kelly. She's, she's fantastic. She basically plays the same character that she plays in baskets, but she's just, she's, mm, she's okay. so, she's so funny. The, there's the the scenes that I could have done without, unfortunately, come towards the, the very end of the movie. And so really, it unfortunately sours <laughs> just kind of the whole thing for me. Uh, there's, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that they involve music. They're kind of m- almost musical numbers. And they, I just feel like it almost derailed the whole thing for me. I just, I don't know why they were included. And then there's a scene that happens at Towards almost at the very, very end involving they have a son together and it involves yeah. this the son and it seemed so ham fisted and, and forced that it it almost ruined the whole movie for me. But overall, I will say that I was I was surprised at how much I, I really enjoyed it and just how like I feel like Noel Baumbach is such a good director. There's so many specific shots and cuts in this that really hammer the the in the tone and he he just he's such an astute director i really i'm always impressed with the stuff that he does so marriage story i i will give that a recommendation that's on netflix
1: that's all i got because i didn't finish any movies except for Honey Boy. <laughs>
0: Uh, I actually, I had a pretty light week too. There's only one other one that I'll rec, uh, that I won't recommend it. I'll talk about it. Uh, it's the new, I saw the new into the dark episode on Hulu. This is, uh, the Christmas one. I already forget the fucking name of it. I got to look it up. It's not on letterbox. It's called a nasty piece of work. I did not enjoy this one. I, I feel like all the end of the dark movies are really hit or miss. And this one was, was a hard miss for me. I, the only thing that I found to be enjoyable with this is that Julian Sands plays sort of the bad guy in it. And I think and he and he plays such a weirdo in this too, which I really appreciate. I'm a big fan of Julian Sands and I, I want to see him in, more stuff. I want him to have a little renaissance. Damn. Yeah. He was in, um,
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Arachnophobia. I, and he was the, he was in, in the warlock was, series.
1: Was the and Helena. Yeah.
0: Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. 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 That was him.
1: Which he's just fucking incredible. Mm
0: hmm. So this one is about a an employee at this. I don't even know what they do at this company. They do, they do something in this this company, it's it's your classic, you know, big corporation and he's trying to become an executive and he finds out that there's no cr- Christmas bonus, that the, they're not giving out any Christmas bonus and he's really bummed and he thinks that he's not going to get the promotion that he wanted and he, at their office Christmas party, he gets invited to the, the boss's house for, uh, like a little get together. So he looks at this as an opportunity to, to hopefully get in good with his boss and maybe get his Christmas bonus or that promotion that he wanted. And when he goes over there, it turns out that the, his boss and, and his, his boss's wife are playing this, you know, uh, g- this game, this, this twisted game where, you know, you get your, cl- your, your classic rich people, Playing some sort of twisted game with the the underlings—it's not great. We'll put it. We'll 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 just say that it's 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 not very good. And I believe that's all I got. I did I did watch The Body Remembers When the World Broke Open. Oh yeah, really enjoyed that one. Yeah,
1: you, that's. Uh, I pretty much just. Pretty
0: yeah, I mean, if you if you listen to our episode from I think it was two weeks ago when Kevin talked about it, I pretty much mirror. Everything you said about it, it's its just really, really riveting. I was just sort of glued to the screen the whole time, and that's on Netflix too. So that one that one is a definite recommend before the end of the year if you're doing year-end lists.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. All right,
0: let's take a look at what we have in new releases this week. In theaters, we got Richard Jewell. Got Richard Jewell coming out. You'll know his story. You'll know his name. You'll know all about Richard Jewell. You excited? You excited to get to know Richard Jewell?
1: Rich. Rich Jewell, American hero. <laughs> mm.
0: Cancel no, culture. Not, cancel no. culture, Kevin. This is this is the start of cancel culture. We canceled out Richard Jewell. Now he's coming back. Tell his story. Like I said before, I will... I might check out Richard Jewell just for... To see Paul Walter Hauser's performance, I like him. Yeah,
1: that's the only thing that looks interesting to me. Other than
0: that, it it doesn't doesn't look great. Uh, we also have Jumanji: The Next Level. This is the sequel to the one that came out just a couple of years ago. hmm uh, Yeah. Nothing else to say about that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
1: Oh, God.
0: Uh, the Death and Life of John F. Donovan. We got The Islands, A Hidden Life. This is the the new Malik. Heard good things. Oh, yeah. New Malik. I hope to like see Piri this... Like, Terry
1: Malick. Yeah, I hope to see this before the end of the year. You know, I've realized something with Malik. I had this realization, right? Uh, like, his whole, like, visual style. And I think that you... You might understand this because I think you've had this as well. But, you know, when you're not wearing your glasses or your contacts, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you see something up close and you realize, like, how the world actually looks to everyone else that can see, yep. that doesn't wear. Like, that, that's Malik to me. Like, everything's really close up. Like, that's that's what Malik whole visual style—that's what it looks like to me—is what I, people actually see. I can see that comparison. Cause it's weird because, like, the world is so much crisper yeah. when you actually see it, <laughs> and it's like this is what the world actually looks like.
0: It is. It is really incredible, isn't it? Like when you when you take off your glasses and contacts or, or contacts, and you when you look at something really close up, and you're just like,
1: "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like like when I see my dog like super close up, I'm like, holy shit, you look incredible. There's so many colors.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate <laughs> thing about being nearsighted is
1: <laughs> it's a trade-off. Yeah, it, 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 the, like, the only thing is it's like, for me, it's about, I think, three inches. Three inches from my face is I can see. And then anything else beyond that, I, it, uh, I can't see it. But that three inches, man, whew
0: boy yeah i'm probably like two inches i just look wonderful world
1: <laughs> are you interested in this a hidden life uh i mean i'll check it out yeah um my expectations aren't high but i'll definitely check it out
0: same same uh we also have rabid this is the the remake of the cronenberg film this is the one from the saska sisters i thought this was okay, okay. i thought it was okay and didn't, didn't love it uncut gems is coming out i I'm not sure if this is a limited release or I think it is. I think it's a limited release. Oh, fuck off! Yeah, I know. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I, I have a strong feeling that's going to be contender for number it's, one it's, for me.
1: It's it's been it's been a minute since I've been this excited for a movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's looks incredible. Heard nothing but great things. Bombshell also comes out. This it's is the one. Great garbage. That looks like straight garbage. This is the Jay Roach one, the Fox News scandal. When I saw Knives Out the other week, they they had a trailer for Bombshell, and somebody in the theater behind me just goes, they already made a movie about that? He said it like real loud because it was like one of those situations where the music was still playing when he started to say it, but then the music stopped and it was just silent. (laughs) It's like everybody heard him in the theater. Wonderful. On VOD this week, we got on the 10th, Five Galaxies. This is a sci fi anthology film.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We got, Mm -hmm. and then on the 13th, we got Hell on the Border. This is a, looks like a Western action-packed Western tells the incredible true story of Bass Reeves. The first black marshal in the wild West. Okay. Valiant is coming out. This is a documentary about a hockey team. I believe mm-hmm. we got the death and life of F J- or John F Donovan, the death and life of John F Donovan. Mm-hmm. A decade after the death of an American TV star, a young actor reminisces about the written correspondence he once shared with the former, as well as the impact those letters had on their lives. A movie about letters. Wonderful. A lot of, a lot of reminiscing.
1: I just hope it's all voiceover. My mm, dear John.
0: Yeah, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> I'll never know because I'm probably not going to see that. We got Mob Town coming out, obviously. Mob movie. Hell yeah. Starring David Arquette. So
1: oh, Just a town of mobsters.
0: Yeah. On Blu-ray this week, we got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, If you haven't seen that yet, check it out. That's on digital right now, so you can rent that on the old VOD. Nice. I'm guessing that there's probably not many special features on this since it's a major release, and major releases don't seem to get bonus supplements anymore. Wonderful. Great choice. Good idea. Got It Chapter 2. A little disappointed with that one. Mm Mm-hmm. The Fly Collection. This contains uh, The Fly, Return of the Fly, Curse of the Fly, and then the Cronenberg Fly, and then The Fly Two, the one with Eric Stoltz. That's all of them. This is a shelf.
1: Every f- single fly.
0: Yeah, it's a shell factory release. That's probably that's probably worth a look. I've never seen the original ones. Uh, Hustlers is coming out. Heard good things. Haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze it in before the end of the year. Nineteen eighty-five Stick, starring Burt Reynolds, is coming out. Blue Collar from 1978. Dr. Jekyll... Yeah.
1: You say Blue Collar?
0: Yeah, Blue Collar.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Richard Pryor. Harvey Keitel.
1: I've been, I've, oh, man. I've been wanting to see that for a good long while. Great K- news. Yeah,
0: K- Kino Lorber's putting that out. Nice. I got an email from them, by the way. They just—they sent me an email and they're like, "Hey Adam, I just want to thank you for covering our stuff and saying kind words about our releases."
1: I was like, oh, "You know what? That's nice."
0: Yeah, you guys—you guys are doing good work over there. Uh, Freaks from earlier this year is coming out. That one just kind of flew under the radar. It didn't didn't get as much attention as I think it it deserved. That's an interesting movie, worth worth a look. Manos is coming out. It was a little bit of a disappointment. Visual feast. That movie, but not much going on under the hood. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Nope. Limits of Control is coming out on Arrow, Arrow Video, putting out Limits of Control, the Jarmusch movie from two thousand nine. Yeah, that was. Yeah, That's a yeah, weird pairing. Yeah, and I found out that they're putting that out. It's Arrow Academy, so it's not like their Arrow Academy okay. is sort of like their one of their offshoots, but yeah, it's still still, still an odd an odd one. Inside Moves from 1980, that Linda Ronstadt movies coming out on Blu-ray, Terminal yeah. Velocity from 1994, The Fanatic, An Elephant Sitting Still, there's a ton, Playing God from 1997, that's the one with David Duchovny, mm-hmm. Lucky Day from earlier this year, Piranhas from earlier this year is coming out, I was interested in that one. A Stranger Among Us from 1992 starring Melanie Griffith. Aces, Iron Eagle 3 from 1992 coming out. The Wrath, <laughs> Badland, The Harvesters, The Tombs, The Death of Dick Long. I'd recommend checking out The Death of Dick Long. That's another one that I feel like nobody really talked about. That's an A24, and it was uh, unexpected. It's an unexpected
1: movie. Isn't it, I always find it interesting how A24 decides to do things. There's certain movies that they, you know, they just never shut the fuck up about, and then there are other releases they just like completely ignore. I and think they don't even mention them.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of like how much mainstream appeal they think of their one of their movies will have. Like it seems like they they pick up movies that they genuinely believe in, but they definitely push the ones that they know will have a a bigger mainstream appeal. Yeah. Like the but death of weird cause the, the death of Dick Long is definitely not a mainstream movie. It's
1: no, no. And but like, I understand that to a certain extent, but it also seems like some of these movies too, like the death of Dick Long, they're just like, we're not even going to acknowledge it. Like why even pick it up to begin with? Like you won't even like, I don't even remember them saying like, Hey, this is a movie that we're putting out. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Like that's got to feel weird. Like as a filmmaker, you know, Like, oh, 824 picked this up. And then 824 just doesn't acknowledge you Yeah, like
0: like comparing, like, I mean, this is the same company that, you know, puts out the lighthouse and then just pushes it endlessly. Just
1: fucking gifts and stickers, goddamn emojis, and fucking bullshit little gifts that you can buy. (laughs) And then they can't even be bothered to be like, hey, the death of Dick Long is coming out. Maybe watch it. Like, they can't even bother to do that much. Like, bare minimum.
0: Yeah, it's a shame, too, because it's, uh, it's a good movie. It's it's really good.
1: Might have to check that out, though.
0: Along came The Devil 2, and I think that's pretty much it. What do we have on Criterions?
1: Uh, we got two. We have Till the End of the World from Wim Wenders, 1991. Fucking jam-packed with uh, special features there. New introduction, new interviews new conversations, behind the scenes, all sorts of stuff, right? And then you have 2006's uh, Old Joy, good old Old Joy coming out on Blu-ray, new restoration, new interview, new conversations
0: very nice all right i think that's gonna do it for this week uh you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse net and at filmpulse kevin and if you have a minute consider reviewing us on your podcast platform of choice for kevin rakes draw my name is adam patterson we'll see you next week